In the holy name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Twilight, dusk, dawn, thresholds, foyers, adolescents, fiancés, what do these words have in common? They all describe in-between states, in-between times, in-between places, in-between identities. Ritual theorists call these liminal states. Most of us have heard of liminal spaces, those spaces where the sacred and the profane get close. They're often called thin spaces. Not only does liminal refer to times and spaces, it also refers to identities. An adolescent is neither a child nor an adult, or both a child and an adult, depending on the day. A fiancé is neither single nor married. The identities get mixed and the rules get muddy. I suspect all of us can think of another identity that is liminal, Yes, of course, seminarians. Seminarians are somewhere between laity and clergy. Most of you are not clergy, and most of you would readily admit to that. But you're also not laity, not really. I mean, strictly speaking, yes, you are if you've not been ordained. But in terms of how you're perceived and treated, you're not. Those of you who are Midlers and Anglican Studies students and are just heading out to CXM sites will begin to experience this in-between identity as the parishioners in your sites will treat you differently. Seniors, you may also be experiencing this in a new way as you return to be in person at your sites. And juniors, you'll begin experiencing this as you visit parishes. Having a liminal identity can be very disorienting. If we've been very comfortable in one identity and now we are transitioning to another identity, we can experience anxiety. Am I doing things correctly? How are people perceiving me? Especially if we've had past identities for quite some time and have become quite confident in them, moving to a new identity can be quite scary. Sometimes we might be excited about transitioning to a new identity. We're ready for the move, and we want it to happen now. We might get impatient with this liminal space we find ourselves in. I'm sure some of the seniors are feeling this already. Okay, seminary's been great, but I'm ready to get out there and be a priest. In today's first reading, we find Timothy in a liminal space. Paul, or our Pauline writer to be more accurate, wrote to Timothy, my loyal child in the faith. Scholars don't agree on the authorship of 1 Timothy, but it is clear it was written to Timothy, a young man at the beginning of his vocation. We're not exactly certain what that vocation was. We see from today's reading that he received the laying on of hands by the Council of Elders, so we might think that he was ordained as a new presbyter, but some patristic theologians like John Chrysostom suggest that he might have even been a young bishop. We just aren't sure. But what we do know is that he recently underwent a transition in identity, and it 
didn't go completely smoothly either. The writer says, let no one despise your youth. Usually, scriptural writers don't make claims like this unless there's a reason. Someone must have been despising his use, or our Pauline writer had concerns about that possibility. Does this feel familiar to anyone here? Yeah, I rather thought so. Regardless of our chronological age, we are all youths when we transition to a new identity. And there will always be people who resent that new identity or doubt that we're qualified for it or wish that they had undergone such a transition themselves. We've all felt this pressure at times, and sometimes it leads us to what we might call imposter syndrome, where we begin to believe that we aren't really qualified to do what we're doing. We begin to wonder about our new identity. We begin to doubt our call. Our Pauline author says, let no one despise your youth. In other words, don't start doubting yourself. God has called you to this place at this time. Don't worry about what others think. Place your faith in God. On the other hand, our Pauline author exhorts Timothy not to let people sow seeds of doubt, but then on the other hand, he also exhorts Timothy to be mindful of his impact on others as a leader in the church. But set an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. When God calls us to a place of leadership in the church, we become examples to others in the church. That's just reality people will start looking at us differently. They will have different expectations of us, and we need to be mindful of those expectations and how we speak and behave like with other people. But I appreciate how the author goes further than just our speech and conduct. We also set an example in how we love. As Christians, we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves, all of us, We're all called to love our enemies. But as leaders, we are setting an example in how we live out that love. And my friends, there are some folk who can really challenge us in in this regard. There are folk I've met in parish ministry where I have had to constantly pray, Lord, fill my heart with love because I'm going to have a tough time doing this on my own. But I knew that as a leader, I was expected to set an example in how I love others, no matter how challenging that might be at times. We are also to be an example in faith. Now, for those of you who have taken Greek, you know that the Greek word for faith is pistis, and it is a word that carries many meanings. The meaning that I found most helpful is fidelity or loyalty. None of us can have perfect faith, but we can have fidelity. We we can be loyal. It doesn't mean we don't have doubts. It doesn't mean we don't raise questions, but we can give people the benefit of the doubt. Instead of immediately jumping to cynicism and dissension, we can try to look for places where we agree. We can set an example in trying to find unity, not uniformity, but unity with our siblings in Christ. 
Then our Pauline author concludes with purity. Now, I'll admit that this word is loaded for me. As a gay man, I've had too many people tell me I am impure or unclean simply because of my sexual orientation. So when I hear purity, I cringe. But another translation of this Greek word can be integrity. Our Pauline author is exhorting Timothy to have integrity. How often have we seen religious leaders who lack integrity? I'm sure we could all think of a few examples. Now, this list could feel a bit daunting. You mean, as a seminarian, as a leader in the church, I'm supposed to watch what I say, how I act, how I love, my fidelity, my integrity. That seems like a lot. Yeah, it does. And that's why our Pauline author then exhorts Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you. This word gift means a charism, a gift of the Spirit. You see, God does not call us to do something that God does not equip us to do. If we have received a call, we have also received the charism, the gift of the Spirit to live into that call. But it doesn't always feel that way, does it? Sometimes we feel like we lack any gifts whatsoever, and those seeds of doubt begin to grow, which is why we must not neglect that gift, that charism. We need to let it grow so that it chokes out those seeds of doubt. We can do that through our spiritual practices of prayer, Bible study, spiritual direction, and so forth. All these practices are ways that we connect with the source of our gift, God, on a regular basis. God has already empowered us to do the work of ministry. We just need to trust God and claim our gifts. This evening, we have the honor of witnessing the commissioning of Aaron L. Ross as a second lieutenant in the Army Chaplain Candidate Corps by the Right Reverend Carl Walter Wright, 7th Bishop Suffragan for the Armed Forces and Federal Ministries. Aaron, like so many of us here, is entering a liminal space. He's entering a new identity, not only as a seminarian, but also as an officer in the Army. I'm quite certain that Aaron carries with him the same doubts and anxieties that we all carry as we enter a new identity. While I'm sure that Aaron will make a fine officer in the army, I'm also sure that he will need to grow into this new identity, just as we all grow into the new identities to which God has called us. Thank you, Bishop Wright and Aaron, for allowing us to witness this momentous occasion. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. No matter our age, no matter our past experiences, no matter the roads we have journeyed, we are all Timothys. We are all embarking on a journey of new identity. We are all in liminal spaces. God has called us to this space, and God has empowered us with a gift, a charism, for the ministry to which we are called. This is truth, my friends. Cling to that truth when you begin to wonder about your call. Nurture your gift when the seeds of doubt start to grow. And know that God will be with you, empowering you for ministry, 
as you walk through these liminal spaces.